Hey, welcome back to Her Story. I am here with Trina. Miss Trina, Trina, I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience and so on. Talk about who you are and what you do. Thank you again for accepting the invitation. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I'm Trina Terrell Andrews. I am the, I always call myself uh, Chief encouragement officer, not CEO of the Mark Cuban Heroes Basketball Center. Um, So I've been there 12 years now. I'm actually a retired journalist. So I started journalism when I was about 14, Uh, originally from Chicago, but Dallas is home. So of course, once you come um, into the the, uh, Dallas area and you've been here, I would say more than 10 years, you become a Texan. So I've been here about 30 plus years, Um, but this is home. Um, I love what I do, work with kids from ages five until the pro level, Uh, work with a lot of amazing senior citizens that live in the neighborhood that we serve um, on a continuous basis. But also we service North Texas um, throughout the Metroplex, and I am a member of Concord Church. All right. Well, thank you again. So listen, as we get to know you through this podcast, Mm -hmm. what is your morning routine what does your morning routine look like? <laughs> so a lot of people that know me say I don't sleep. Um, so I take naps um, and I'm usually up, honestly, about four o'clock, 4.30 at the latest every morning. Um, and the reason being is because I used to wake up when I was about 14 and write my um, columns for the Dallas Weekly. But prior to that, my grandparents got us acclimated to getting up that early in the morning. We would get up um, at about 4.45, have to go out to um, their fields and chop the weeds from around the cotton. And so I just got accustomed to being with my grandparents in the summer, getting up. My mother's an early person. um, And so my dad, and he's deceased, but he would always, it was the weirdest thing, would set his clock an hour ahead. And I would say, why are you setting it up? that early and he said well because you know you never want to be late and of course at that time you didn't have that the statement that a lot of people would say now if you're on time you're late Um, but it's just been in my uh, blood to get up that early I get my day started with prayer and meditation but then I also go through a lot of my emails I send a lot of information to my team Um, I get them ready for the day um, because I do wear a couple of different hats but at the same time, I try to make sure that I get the day going with um, just me getting um, refreshed. Um, my week is, well, let me say this. None of my days are the same. Yeah. So, okay. I, try, <laughs> so I just try to make sure um, that I get as far ahead of the game as I can, as much as possible. And we prepare accordingly. All right. Listen, you know, uh, you talked about in the field. So where, what part, where, where were you in this field? What country town were you in? Cause I grew up country too. Like I would go okay. spend the summers with my grandparents and we'd be picking whatever you can imagine. We picked everything. We picked nuts, mm-hmm. pecans, you name it. We picked the dewberries. So where were you in this field? So my, my parents are from Mississippi. So it's Lexington, Mississippi, which is an hour north of Jackson. And um, they were farmers. So I come from a, a family of farmers and they did everything from cotton to cattle. Uh, but we did shelling peas. Um, I learned how to fish, how to gut a fish. Um, 
I stopped eating pork after I saw how they killed the hog. Um, so I was like, no, thank you. I'm good in that regard. Um, but really learning a lot of the basics and being very domesticated. My grandmother never worked um, outside of the home. She always supported my grandfather and then she never drove. So he always was there with her um, in the summers. And I learned how to do a lot of negotiating with my, my grandfather um, quite a bit, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. Listen, speaking of your family, you know, how would your family, what would your, how would your family describe what you do? You know, um, for a long time, and it's, it's interesting, they knew when I was a journalist. So they said, well, she wrote for the newspaper. She told stories. Um, and then when I got into college, I started working in the music industry and PR. And then I learned a lot about event planning and logistics. So I did that for a long period of time. So my family would probably say um, now I work a lot with young people, children, families um, from all walks of life. Um, but I am pretty much the person that's going to be there to always try to see how I can support anybody in any situation or scenario. So, so and, and they have this ongoing joke, I'm Olivia Pope. Um, <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. And I had a friend, he said, when Olivia Pope's, um, now part of me, yes, is can, can get some stuff done, but the scandal part, no, not, nowhere near. Um, but they were laughing and saying, how can you, um, watch yourself on TV. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, you're, you're the Olivia Pope. They're just playing out your, your life on TV. And I said, no, not at all. So that, that is it. Get a guess in a nutshell, a good way to, to describe who I am behind the scenes person for sure. Well, listen, Trina, when I see you do be dressed like Olivia Pope, you do yeah. killing it. You're I, laid, I appreciate laid makeup, just that whole flawless Olivia Pope. But I agree. You do not live the scandal life. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I appreciate the compliment. And, you know, um, it, it doesn't take a lot of work because I used to have really long hair. And then I decided when I was about 25, um, I said, let me just cut it all off. And I came home. No, let me go back. I was actually in college. My mom said, are you liberated now? And But I was like, mom, you wear short hair. So mm-hmm. and she just was like, you cut all this beautiful hair off. But because I was traveling so much and I would have to get up and it would take me an hour. So I've learned um, to be as low maintenance as possible. Like I go to a, a barber. Um, I learned to do my own makeup. Um, one funny story is the day before my wedding, I forgot to book the makeup artist. And my stylist says, are you kidding me right now? It's four o'clock. So thankfully she could come. <laughs> The, the day before, but I'm just so low maintenance. Um, am a bargain shopper. A lot of people think I go to high end stores, um, but I love going to resale stores and boutiques and unique places and ordering things online. So I try to be as, as low maintenance as possible. Yes. Well, listen, you make it look very effortlessly. Yes. You look happy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now listen, uh, what, in your opinion, in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait or strength someone would need to work in your industry to be successful in your job? I would say definitely your character. Um, and you're going to have to be very candid. You've got to have confidence. You have to really understand 
what you do, why you do, what's the intention of what you're doing every day. Um, I'm in a unique space because I'm not on, um, to a certain extent, the professional side of sports. I'm on the side where a lot of our kids that we work with actually do have ambitions and aspirations to become professional athletes and that some do not. And so um, I try to make sure when I'm working with all of our young people, what is it you're, you're wanting to do? And so, um, like I said, be an encourager to them. So I'm very encouraging to them. I'm focused on empowering them, equipping them, educating them about any field or industry that they want to go in. Um, it is very important, in my opinion, that I listen to them. So being a very good listener has been um, one of the things. And having patience. I mean, working with young people, they've got a, you know, they've got a lot of opinions. They've got a lot of growing that they're doing, a lot of transitions they're going through. Um, but listening and being very patient has been one of the biggest things that I, I definitely emphasize. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good, those are definitely great strengths and traits to have in your position and so on. Because I think sometimes even just as a mom of three, I have to, sometimes I'll be so ready to be like, okay, come on, just do this. And so mm-hmm. on. But um, I have to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> and be patient and listen to them and hear actually what they're actually needing from me instead of what I need from them. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know what, and I think this generation, you know what, I think of just even in your role and even as a role as a parent or, um, you know, how we parent and how we talk to kids is kind of like seasonal, like depending on what their age is, I can't be a dictator, (laughs) dictator Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in there when they're younger. But now that I have a a child who, well, she's not even a child, but a sophomore in college, it's more Mm -hmm. of a coaching. Instead of do it like this, do it like this. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Let's see. What is a common myth uh, about your job or field of expertise? Uh, A lot of people think that we have the coolest job ever, which I do, um, from the aspect of we just get up and I can just hang out with celebrities and athletes all day. (laughs) Um, It is uh, one of those things they're like, oh, we would love what you guys do, but behind the scenes, they have, um, you know, a lot of them have no idea the type of work goes into it, the time we've got to put into making sure just the small details. A lot of people say the devil is in the details and I'm one to say God is in the details. So he wants you to be attentive to everything you're doing. And so we, as a team, make sure from napkins to um, what the kids are going to eat, how we're presenting it to it to them, um, but again, going back to what they need, because of course, when you're working with a hundred plus kids a week, one may not eat fish, one may not eat chicken, um, one may not want to. We did an experience last um, Thursday, and I had some kids that did not want to play basketball, and I said, "Well, let's see what other physical fitness." So we sent the wardrobe stylist over. He has a modeling agency. They did not want to do runway walking. <laughs> and they were like, no. And I was like, it's, you know, you walk down the hall, but then you think about it, helping them to build that confidence because mm-hmm. their peers are standing there watching them. Um, so just really sitting and again, being attentive to them and supporting them and saying, or getting them 
hyped up to say, you can do this. You know, this is one of the things that you've really got to focus on um, in having the confidence. But just something that small, I thought, oh, they would love to walk. Music is going. And the wardrobe stylist says, these kids were not having at all. So we're going to find, you know, just finding a different um, approach and working with kids. You know, they think it's easy a lot of times. And a friend of mine, he says, we make it look effortless. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a it's a labor of love. You know, we spend a lot of hours working. I've been up probably since six this morning with our team talking about things we've got to get done for this week. Um, but also having the kids input. So they sit in meetings with us. They are the ones telling us, no, this works. This doesn't work. We had a kid Friday. He says, you know, everybody only show up because we cook to eat. We we become very good chefs. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but the seeing them grow, you know, that, that's the fun part about it. So, Oh, that's so cool. Did you ever, did you ever think uh, that you would be working with children and planning activities for them? <laughs> no, ma'am. It, it, here's the funny part. I, I have a 21 year old son now. And so um, they say, God gives you what you need. And my son is my mirror personality. Um. But when it comes to working with other people's children, it's like, okay, um, what is it I can accommodate? And I, you know, substituted a few times, but it was always middle school, older kids. And I did uh, middle school and I said, oh, no, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, a couple of after school programs and the kids would always just be very frank. And I was like, okay. I'm not going to think, I don't think I'm going to make it through this. Um, but then just as time has gone by again, you're, they come in the building, this, that's home for them away from home. And they're going to make you talk to them. Cause like I used to try to go hide, Miss Trina, what are you doing? Where are you? And so you just um, get, it, it, it becomes where you cannot go in every day and say, I like to see, this kid um, grow or see this young person share their stories. And even with our internship program, I thought about when I was an intern, people were very patient with me, um, but we've had nearly 300 interns over the past 10 years. And now they're coming back and telling their stories. And some are saying, I'm a school teacher. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You gave us all kinds <laughs> of challenges. <laughs> Um, but just seeing um, them evolve and become young people and then become parents and, and husbands and wives is amazing. So, yeah, it, to answer your question, not, I, I did not see this coming. <laughs> um, this was, And especially working with so many opinionated um, little people and young people. Um, but it's, it's been, again, patience, definitely understanding who we are, what we need to do. Um, to support them because a lot of them, you know, come from great situations and some have challenges every day they wake up. Um, but we just, you know, are there to help them with whatever they're going through. Oh, that's good. Just so thankful for what y'all, you know, just what the organization is doing and just the different things. Cause I know y'all have an event coming up. It's, you know, it's mother's day week. And so y'all have an event Correct. Thursday. You want to talk about a little bit about the event you have coming up Thursday and this weekend, what y'all have planned? Yeah, so Thursday, we are going to be working with Whirlpool and Senator Royce West. 
Um, back in May of 2020, we decided to provide food for our families and we kicked it off with a Mother's Day mailbox. And that was a collaboration we did with Mark Cuban's foundation, Heroes and Dirk Nowinski's foundation. And so it has evolved organically. And so as a result of us now having gardens, our kids doing grilling and cooking classes, Whirlpool came in and said, okay, we're going to give you some refrigerators. And, when our, and, and our staff is just bold. They're going to ask, um, so can we give some of our moms refrigerators? And they say, absolutely. So they're going to bless five of our moms with refrigerators on Thursday, um, but also share the work that we are fortunate to do um, in supporting people who have had challenges getting food or getting some other resources. Um, and then on Saturday, we're going to have a brunch for our mother. So our chef, is going to be there. Of course, he's going to be their sous chef by the time the kids say it's all said and done. Um, but the kids are going to prepare a brunch for their mothers at our building and just do a nice, um, quaint, intimate e- event for just the probably 30 or 40 mothers that can be able to attend and join us. And so they've been working on their food and meals for the past two months. So we'll see how it all comes out, which is the best. <laughs> What's the, what's the age of the kids that are going to be cooking? So we have kids, you know, they come, they're with their parents. So we have kids as young as six. If, if, if they oh. can take the spatula and turn over something, they're just like, I'm in there. Um, <laughs> but our oldest kid is, and it's funny, it's probably like 24. They, they're like, I'm not kid. They're not kids, but our externs and interns. Um, and so how we actually started the uh, grilling class was after the winter storm last year. Two of our kids said, I don't know how to cook. And I said, so what did you guys do when your lights went out? We didn't think about it. And I said, well, grilling is an option. Mm. And so that's how it evolved from there. And then one, she says, well, this week I'm vegetarian. So once she did that experience, she says, no, I think I want to go back to meat. Um, <laughs> but them just um, coming in and having a good time. But you know, the interesting thing is that we found a lot of young men or men who had never grilled before. Mm. So we've had a lot of fathers come um, for the first time or just young men come. I've got some men that are professionals. I won't say their name, but they were just like kids on the grill saying, (laughs) oh my God, my dad would be proud of me. And so we then said, okay, you really can't make the assumption Mm-hmm. that everyone knows how to how to grill but it's been unique in itself where they can fellowship they can support each other they learn to work as team um a lot of them probably if they do have culinary aspirations they're going to now feel more comfortable and then we also make sure that they're, they're going to get their food um handlers permit as a result of this class that's that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Yeah. Listen, I need to learn how to grill myself. I need to, I need to send Pastor Carter over. I will say his name. I know how to grill. So yeah, um, send him over. Send him over. But I get it. You know, the men. You know, they, you assume that they know because they're fathers and mm-hmm. so on. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get me started on Pastor Carter's group. <laughs> Our hamburgers be green, and they're not green, but they'd be red in the center. All right. <laughs> oh, when I. Our kids they don't look like strawberries, do they? They don't look like strawberries, do they? Yeah. Um, our friends will, uh, my kids' friends will come over and they'll be like, yeah, can your dad make us one of those red hamburgers? 
Yes. So we always have to make sure that they're fully cooked because yes, but but anyway, I I love what you're doing and just in the community and just the organization. So just definitely keep doing, uh, keep doing that. Um, definitely be praying for just everything that's going to be happening this week, this week, because I know there's so many details. A lot of people will see the, the end or the result, but they don't realize Mm -hmm. all the details and the work that goes into putting an event like that together. Uh, you know, a couple more questions. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's your biggest failure? Uh, and what did you learn from that experience? Um, you know, I, and, and a lot of people don't know this about me is I didn't finish college. I left college early, um, was a disappointment to my mother. But, um, at that time, I, was going through a couple of things. My father had become very ill and I didn't really know how to deal with it. I didn't really know how to make the adjustment. Um, but then also the school that I was attending was going through some accreditation things and I was on a scholarship and I said, Oh my goodness, are they going to take my scholarship away? Um, but just going through um, a whole scenario of things of being becoming a young adult. And so I've always said to myself, if I, you know, I need to take the time to go back and complete that. Um, but it was in my mind, you know, being a young adult, I'm thinking, oh, I know everything. I've got enough, enough um, knowledge under my belt. But um, for me, the completing part, you know, going through the process, I want to really complete that task in my life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, um, people even like in, even in my role as being a pastor's wife or a first lady or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a lot of pastor's wives become like a co-pastor or whatever. And I kept mm-hmm. like, nope, not going to do that. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember, or I remember someone, I was at a Dallas Theological Seminary and somebody asked me, um, one of the professors, she asked me, she's like, Stephanie, are you going to go back to school and get your master's? Cause I know mm-hmm. a lot of first ladies will go back just to get their mm-hmm. seminary degree or something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. and like before I could even explain it, she said, you don't have to do that. She was like, I would recommend you don't do that. She was like, now, if that's something that you really desire and you feel like you need, then go ahead and do it. She was like, but mm-hmm. you're already doing women's ministry. You're already doing mm-hmm. on the field, you know, you're already doing it. And so you mm-hmm. don't, ha- don't feel like you have to just because of what society tells you to. And so that mm-hmm. would be my advice to you, friend. Like, now, if you really, if you want to mm-hmm. yeah, you can go back, but you're already mm-hmm. doing it and you're doing it well and so on. So, but yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it because the interesting thing is when I was in college, I was invited to be part of the radio station. And I think a lot of it was my experience prior. Um, but even now, I don't think, any of what we do to a certain extent, um, and, and I'm going back to the details, is in a handbook. You know, it's not all going to be written down. And so to your point, I sit and I say, okay, again, is this just something personal for me that I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a situation because I know a lot of um, people think, well, you get more degrees, you get more money, you get more opportunities, you get more exposure. I mean, I'm in one of the best jobs of my life. And I don't even call it a job because I have so much fun in doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also 
in a very unique space where, um, and I was sharing this with my mother earlier today, is that Mark Cuban and my boss, Charlie McKinney, if they want to do it as far as dreaming it, or if we sit down as a team, or even if I just throw something out there, like our suit up experience, they're like, go for it. I mean, it's like, why not do it? And so, again, if you go back to some schools or some formal trainings, you won't have that opportunity. A lot of it's textbook or it's got to be done this way. And we are very unorthodox. I think that's, that's the part I really um, like about is our kids are building and their kids. And so that's been one of the things, again, I can't find that in the book of really how to just let kids be kids. And mm-hmm. they come to the building we intentionally do not have any video games in the building. Um, they are doing your old school foosball. Um, we're teaching them billiards. The kid says, you're teaching us how to shoot pools so we can make money. And I said, no, we're not teaching you how to make money or gamble. Well, entrepreneur, yeah, leader. <laughs> yes, yes. I said, but you can go to, you can get a scholarship. And they're like, okay, that's a good option. But again, them sitting and teaching each other is so, you know, fascinating. So I appreciate the, the advice and the support, but you're, you're absolutely right. I, I love where I am and where God is, has me at this point. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's so good. I love, yeah. Cause that video game, that's a serious situation. My son is, yeah, I'm only oh. on the weekend cause it's just too much. It's an addiction mm-hmm. that it's like a crack fiend. You don't have to beat your kids anymore. <laughs> you just take your video game away or a phone and that oh, just yeah. down. It's like crack. But uh, <laughs> last oh, yeah. question, look, last question. Tell <laughs> me about three, the three most influential people in your life and how they've impacted you. I would start with, um, my mother. And so she was a, a single parent. She moved here from Mississippi in 83 and made a decision to give us a better option because things were going on in her marriage at that time. And of course, at that point, I didn't really understand um, why she was doing what she was doing. Um, had to make a lot of adjustments. Um, and then we went through you know, the traditional years of I know more than she does in my mind as a kid. And, um, but again, having to go back and say, she's doing this because she loves us. Like my mom is a tough love mm-hmm. person. Um, and, but the way her love language is, is one where I'm going to be there. I'm going to physically support you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. Um, I'm going to, you know, give you sage and sound advice and wisdom. Um, and even she's very uplifting. She sends a lot of prayers to me in the morning. Um, she sends things throughout the day or encouraging, you know, notes. And so that really helps me, especially the type of work that I do. Um, and then she's good on with her being a counselor by trade. She's just really good on walking me through some of the challenges that we face or, you know, how to say this, um, because I'm a very direct person. And so we've had to work on me with having a filter (laughs) sometimes. Um, But just having, you know, like I said, that coaching and that mentorship. Um, The other two people would be my grandparents, my um, grandfather and my my, uh, grandmother. And it would be one more, my son as well. But um, they were so um, instrumental in how we were reared and 
the things that we did and how just seeing how they took care of each other and supported each other. Um, and my grandmother would always have three meals on the table every day. Wow. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be that consistent. I'm not that consistent. I'm sorry to my husband. He wants me to be. <laughs> um, God bless but, that generation. That's yeah, not me I, either. <laughs> I know. I can give you three Uber Eats. <laughs> yep. You and I both. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll, I'll cook on occasion, but I'm just like, uh, no, this is a, a job that is is not going to be one of the things I'm able to give you, honey. So he's, he's fine with that. Um, but just seeing, again, my grandparents be farmers and in an era where there were so many challenges, um, you know, from people saying, okay, you have all of these children because they had... Um, eight boys and a, a girl, but they didn't let any of that deter them. They carried their legacies that their families had, had that their parents had left them. And so that's the one thing I really learned is the importance of legacy and yeah. making sure that your legacy is a true reflection of who you were encouraged to be. Um, I'm not going to say taught, but I say encouraged to be because we all go through transitions um, but at the same time, just having self-respect, having self-dignity um, and pride and being confident um, in who I was. And then my, you know, and I know you said three, so I'm sorry. My son and my, my husband, for sure. Um, so they are very good support systems. And, you know, I'm in a, I've been in a very unique situation. My son just moved back to Dallas where he was living with his dad for the past 10 years. And so he came home, had to make that transition because, he, again, he's my child. So he likes the finer <laughs> things in life. And But he's like, I've already earned them because I'm your child. And I'm like, no, you have <laughs> not. You've got to work for him still. Um, but my husband, he's a good support system. He, you know, definitely is a very generous, hard, giving guy, very patient um, because I am a uh, a piece of work sometimes to deal with, and and he's like, okay, we're not going to do this at the moment. Let's look at it a different way. <laughs> so yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate to have some great people in, in my life. Oh, that's that's a blessing. Listen, your husband, look, you and me sound very much alike. Because Brian be like, <laughs> now that might not be the right thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't tell you because I didn't act. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Understood. Totally understand. Well, listen, I want to. I want to thank you again. How can how can uh, my listeners follow you, or um, if you need volunteers or anything, how can they follow you or just get in touch with you? Not for, look, not for tickets, y'all. Don't be asking us for tickets or hookups or Mark Cuban and let me meet somebody. No, this is, this is, you can follow on social media. Yeah, you, you know, I, um, well, I can't say one of the words that I usually say, but I do say no, don't ask me anymore. Um, if I know I can't do it or make it happen, but um, if they would love to be a part of what we're doing, they can. Uh, go to Mark Cuban Heroes Basketball Center on Facebook and they can follow us there. They can go to Mark Cuban Heroes uh, B-Ball Center on Instagram. And then I am 
T Terrell Andrews on Instagram. And they're welcome to go to our uh, website, which is Mark Cuban Heroes Center. And um, they can sit, leave us a message or leave us a note and we'll get, get right back to you if we can, for sure. Right. And if, yeah, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Listen, again, do not reach out if you're trying to get playoff tickets. That's going to be a no. <laughs> no, I'm telling you now. No, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> ticket, t- ticket master, vivid seats, all of them can accommodate you. The Dallas Mavs can accommodate you. <laughs> yes, listen, StubHub. Yes, all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I always end my podcast by just praying for uh, my guests, and I would love to pray for you. Thank you again. Just so proud of what you're doing um, just in our community. Um, Just as a Black woman, just see another Black woman just killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, Father God, we come to you just thanking you, just thanking you for my sweet friend, Trina, Lord. Thank you for just how you give her the strength, give her the wisdom and the patience and the love and the passion just to impact our community, Lord. I thank you for just the hundreds of children, children that she comes across and her team, Lord, and just every plan, every uh, consideration, every event that they bring to uh, these children. Thank you so much, Lord. Continue to guide them, continue to strengthen them, Lord, and also continue to strengthen her, Lord. I just ask for a hedge of protection around her, her family, her son, and her husband, Lord Jesus, as they um, just navigate through uh, just this COVID world and just the demands of their, of her job and just everything, Lord. I ask for just protection over her date night, her study time, Lord, just to give her that time together with the ones that she loves, Lord. I thank you for the people that surround her with love, her her village, Lord. I thank you for her mother, Lord. Thank you for the prayers that she sends her. Thank Nothing like the prayers of just our family to love us and cheer us on, Lord. Thank you for her son. Thank you for her husband. Oh, how we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome.